and welcome to today's episode, which is part two of Neville Goddard's lecture titled Imagination Creates Reality. So Neville continues to tell his audience, Now, first of all, we have all forgotten his name. We say I am hundreds of times a day, and we don't know we are using the name of God. Secondly, we try to break the commandment all day long. We pay no attention to what we say following I am. When we say I am and follow it with something we would not like in our world, we are using the name of the Lord, but not in vain. The Bible states we cannot use the name in vain. Nothing we say preceded by I am is in vain. That's his name. It is God himself And because it is God, it is creative. God gave us himself. He is I am, and that is who I am. I can never forget that I am. I may forget who I am or where I am, but I can never forget that I exist. Whenever I say I am, I am is creating something. Prayer is believing that we have already received that which we ask. When I say I am, I am attaching my awareness of being to something. Now you can lie and not believe what you are saying, but you cannot believe something about I am and not create it. We are creating morning, noon, and night by our I am statements. If you say I don't feel well and you believe it, you are perpetuating illness in your life. You must change those statements to I feel wonderful. Let the weak man say, I am strong, but you can't say it like a parrot. We have to pray, say, I am, believing that it is true, and then we will receive. First, we must be like the watchman at the gate. We must watch every thought that contains, I am. If you are observant, you will see that you have created every circumstance and experience of your life. Another important word to watch is if. The conscious mind is very subtle in expressing doubt, Satan or the devil. We may be able to keep our minds focused on what we want by using positive I statements. If we are not careful, we may let a little if sneak in without recognizing its implication. We could say, I feel wonderful, but then follow it with, if the pain continues, however, I will see a doctor on Tuesday. Ifs are always followed by something negative, and that is simply doubt creeping in to steal the good seed we have sown. Remove the word if from your vocabulary, as it is not productive of that which you would like to reap. If puts everything in the past or future tense, and I always experience what I believe I am. I am is, I am is not future tense. Getting well is not being well. I must believe that I am already what I want to be. Remember, every word that goeth forth from my mouth shall not return unto me void. Do you believe it? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What's his name? I am. So begin to monitor every word. I am that you say. Do you see a pattern? Don't the circumstance of circumstances of your life reflect what you have been saying? You have been misusing the creative power that is God, I am. 
now that you are aware of what you have been doing, watch every word and make it conform to what you wish to bring into your life. Eventually, you will have faith that what you are stating, that there is no outward evidence to support it, is a fact in consciousness and will shortly project itself so that you may experience it in the outer. Knowing that God actually became you because he is, I am, you must realize, that you are using your power to create every time you use that name. Choice, free will. Creation is finished and you have free will to choose the state you will occupy. Therefore, it is important to determine the ideas from which you think. Any concept that is accepted as true will externalize itself in your outer world. Choice of what you will focus your attention upon is the only will that you can exercise. Once a thought is accepted and changed with feeling, the creative power within proceeds to externalize it. Whether your assumptions are conscious or unconscious, they direct all action to their fulfillment. It is a delusion that, other than assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled, you can do anything to aid its realization. Your own wonderful human imagination determines the means it will use to bring your assumptions to fruition. Each of us is subject to a sea of ideas. We listen to the radio, watch the news on television, or hear some gossip. If what we observe calls forth an emotion, we have reacted and thereby planted a seed which will sprout at some future time. Thoughts do not recede into the past. Rather, they advance into the future to confront us so that we may see that which we have planted, either wisely or unwisely. It is a worthwhile exercise to awake in the morning and imagine yourself at the end of the day having accomplished all that you wanted and feeling happy and contented. If there is a situation that you will encounter later in the day that is of concern to you, spend a few moments imagining the outcome you wish to experience. These imaginal activities will now advance into your future to reveal the harvest you so wisely planted. Desire Desire is a gift of God. Man is required to do nothing more than accept the gift by simply giving thanks for the unseen reality before he observes it in his outer world. Through desire, God beckons us to lift our awareness to higher and higher levels of consciousness. During our journey through this stream of life, it is necessary to experience all possible states so that we may return as God the Father, but enhanced by having experienced both good and evil. The desire to do more, to be more, and to have more than you are presently expressing is the urge of expansion. You may question whether a desire to kill or injure someone can be inspired by God. The answer is that no man actually desires to kill or harm another. He may wish to be free from that seeming other, and through his limited understanding, he feels that the only way he can achieve such freedom is by destroying the other. Man does not realize that the desire for freedom contains within itself the power and the means to fulfill itself. Because of his lack of faith, man distorts these, ne- these gifts from God. He does not realize that God, the wisdom, the power, within him has ways that he as man knows not of, and those ways are past finding out. 
Learn to be grateful for the desires you have been given. They already exist and are ready for embodiment in your world. You are not called upon to do anything to aid the realization except to free your mind of any doubt as to how they will come about and completely accept them as you would a gift from a loved one. Be observant. The importance of, of objectively observing your thoughts cannot be stressed enough. It is easy to slip into thought patterns that can hinder us in achieving our desires. It then becomes easy to blame others or attribute our frustrations to second causes. Being a rather impatient person, I am usually anxious to get home after work, and I particularly dislike waiting in lines. I began to notice that no matter what time I chose to pick up a few items at the market, I would encounter problems at the check stand, such as price checks needing to be done, people writing checks who had trouble locating their identification, and various other kinds of delays. I found myself dreading these occasions and I wanted to do something about this annoying situation. As I began to observe my thoughts, I found that, while standing in line, I would say to myself, I always have to wait. Then I realized that those statements made over and over again had created that which I did not wish to experience. I consciously changed that statement too. No matter what, or no matter when I stop at the market, I never have to wait. Of course, that new statement has worked just as well as the old negative one. As you begin to observe your thoughts, do not be discouraged if you find that your inner conversations do not match the way you would feel if you have achieved your goal. You must first become aware of what you are doing with your creative power before you can begin to change it. I ask you to go down to the potter's house and see what he is doing. If the vessel is spoiled, then rework it into the kind of vessel that will please you. As you begin observing your thoughts, you cannot avoid the realization that you alone are the cause of all that comes into your world. You alone can change it. Appearances That which is confronting you in your world now is a result of your past thoughts, beliefs, feelings, and imaginal activity. These appearances will continue in being as long as you give them life through your conscious awareness of them. You must disregard the evidence of your senses as it pertains to any undesirable condition in your life. You must imagine and feel that you have already attained that which you want to experience rather than that which you do not want to continue in being. This may appear difficult, yet you have probably exercised this principle unconsciously to produce negative results. When I was in my early 20s, I found myself in a situation that was very unpleasant to me, and I wanted to get out of it. After attending a lecture by Neville, I waited to speak to him afterwards. I briefly told of him, or briefly told him of my unhappy circumstances and was hoping he would offer some advice as to how to change them. He smiled at me and said, don't accept it. At that time in my life, I did not fully grasp what Neville had been teaching. I thought he had misunderstood my question, and I tried to clarify my problem by stating that I had already made the choice to be in this situation. I now found myself so unpleasant. Neville again smiled and said, don't accept it. I left his presence quite frustrated, thinking he had not understood my problem. I continued to read 
the two books I had, or I had by Neville. I gradually understood that regardless of the circumstances which surrounded me, I did not need to accept them as final. I began to imagine what I wanted rather than focus my thoughts on my negative surroundings. An event took place two weeks after I began my imaginal acts that was instrumental in bringing about my heart's desire five months later, that of a brand new home. Meanwhile, the situation that had been so depressing to me improved, and I spent the next five months planning what I would do in my new home. Think about some past disappointment you may have had. Perhaps you were looking forward to attending a special event with someone. In your anticipation of it, did you think, this is too good to be true? Something will probably happen to spoil it. Something probably did happen to create conflict or to cause you to miss it entirely. Man finds it relatively simple to disregard the promise of something good by thinking of all the reasons why he cannot achieve it. People around you may be quick to point out that you are being unrealistic when you mention a desire that appears difficult or impossible to reach. We should all be unrealistic in the face of the army of doubt if we would experience our wish fulfilled. We are called upon to disregard the facts which would deny the achievement of our heart's desire. Habit is the only thing that keeps our thoughts moving along the old familiar negative ruts. No one can change your thought patterns and, therefore, your life but you. It is worth all the effort it may take to center your attention and feel as if you already possess that which you want in place, of things as they are. Consciousness is the only cause and the only reality. Every negative experience was produced by first giving attention and feeling to that condition. What consciousness has made, it can unmake. Your responsibility is to impress upon your mind the change you wish to express. Your imagination is a creative power that, that can and will accomplish the end without effort and in a natural way. Appearances confirm our former habitual patterns of thought. That which you imagine yourself to be today will project itself in your world tomorrow. Persistence in assuming that you are the person you wish to be, despite your present circumstances, is the only condition imposed upon you to embody that ideal. All of us are mentally speaking within ourselves every waking moment. Our inner conversations must match the wish fulfilled if we would realize our desire. If our desire is for, for a better job and we imagine ourselves being congratulated because we are gainfully employed in a wonderful position, we must also make our inner conversations conform form to that end. We must be certain that we are not saying within ourselves something like, that boss of mine doesn't believe in promoting people, or it would be difficult to find any job at my age, never mind a better one, or similar statements that would imply that we do not have that which we desire. We must persist in the feeling of our imaginal act by making our mental conversations conform to what we would say had we already realized our aim. If, for instance, we wish to own a car, we could imagine a new car parked in our garage or imagine ourselves driving it or imagine our friends admiring it. We must then make our inner conversation reflect the type of conversations we would engage in were we really the owner of a new car. 
our conversations consist of discussing our new car with friends, such as telling them of the wonderful fuel mileage we are receiving, or hearing our friends tell us how much they enjoy riding in our new car, etc. Our inner conversations are just as creative as our deliberate imagining of the wish fulfilled. In fact, if they are of the opposite nature, they can negate what we have imagined. You must watch what you are saying internally to make sure that these conversations coincide with your wish fulfilled. If you become aware that these inner talks contradict what you would like to achieve, revise them so that they follow along the track that would indicate that you, are, that you already have what you desire or are already the person you wish to be. Revision Your present world reflects the sum total of all that you believe to be true of yourself and others. That which you imagine yourself to be today goes forward and will confront you in the future. If you have forgotten your imagined activities of the past, that which you see appearing in your world indicates the kinds of or the kind of seeds you have previously sown. Assuming the feeling of your wish fulfilled is using your imagine using your imagination creatively to bring into your world that which you desire to experience. You can use the art of revision to change the effects of prior thoughts and beliefs. If, for instance, you had gone to an interview for a job you truly wanted but later learned that someone else was hired, you can revise that news to make it conform to what you wish you had heard. If you react by feeling depressed or assume any other negative attitude, you will then experience the same type of rejection in the future. Your reactions, whether positive or negative, are creative of future circumstances. In your imagination, you can hear words congratulating you on getting a wonderful new job. That imaginal act now goes forward and you will encounter this pleasant experience in the future. As you review your day, it is important to revise each negative reaction so that you can remember it as what you wished and happened, or had happened, rather than storing that memory as it did occur. What you think of with feeling or emotion is an actual fact. That which you experience in the physical world is merely a shadow, reflecting the reality of your imaginal activity. Therefore, when you revise a conversation, an unhappy experience, or a quality about yourself, you are literally experiencing it in reality, your consciousness. The outer world is a delayed reflection of the inner and is confined to a dimension of space where events occur in a time sequence. Revision then literally changes the past. It replaces what occurred in the outer world with the revised version. The revised scene then gives off its effect by going forth to change future events. Dwelling on past irritations or hurts perpetuates them and creates a vicious circle that serves to confirm these negative emotions. The circle can be broken by starting now to revise anything that you no longer wish to sustain in your world. By revising the past, you rid yourself of any effect it may have on your future. Revision is truly the key which can be used to unlock the doors that have kept you trapped in a particular state. Be ye transformed.
by the renewing of your mind. State of Consciousness <clears throat> All states exist and are a fixed part of creation. Anyone can enter a state consciously or fall into a state inadvertently. You may move into different states throughout your lifetime, or you may occupy a single state. Desire is what usually motivates us to move from one state to a higher level, since a state is total and complete in itself. When we enter a state, we are compelled to behave in a manner dictated by that state. For instance, in the state of poverty, we would find ourselves constantly in need of funds. We would have difficulty making ends meet and have no way to enjoy luxuries. Should we be given a large sum of money if we remain in the state of poverty, filling our mind with thoughts of lack and limitation, we would soon find ourselves without funds and again experiencing the same difficulties. The reverse would be true if we occupied a state of wealth. When we are in a state, we see only the contents of that state and are compelled to act in accordance with all that the state entails. While in a particular state you believe certain things are true and would find it difficult to understand another point of view, in the state of poverty it is easy to focus your thoughts on the problems of providing food, shelter, and clothing. When you succeed in moving out of this state, you no longer find it difficult to acquire these things. Most people attribute this change of fortune to a change in circumstances. However, unless you have moved from the state of poverty, no change in circumstance would be permanent. Rather, moving out of one state and into another in your imagination automatically creates a change in your outer world. The Bible has personified every type of state and calls these states by names known to us as Moses, Noah, Job, Peter, Andrew, and Jesus. Throughout our journey, we enter these states and experience all that they offer. The last state we will enter is the state of Jesus Christ. In this state, we become aware that we are God, the Father, and that we have a Son symbolized as David, who personifies the sum total of all humanity. The journey begins with Adam, who fell asleep and dreamed the dream of life, and then entered the myriad states to gain the experiences necessary before awakening. When you enter the state of Jesus, you know yourself to be God, and your journey into this world of death is then complete. Okay, so that is the end of part two of Neville's lecture, Imagination Creates Reality. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I will see you guys in the next one for part three. Have a wonderful day.